Welcome to the My Fence Life bonus podcast series, Ask Me About My Day, where you can eavesdrop on phone conversations between Dan, industry leaders, and fencers from around the country to find out about their day. It's some kind of pie chart. I don't know. Some kind of damn thing that the, the Google Sheets guy does. I got a guy that does all my Google Sheets for me. It works really well to where it breaks it down, even by zip code. Because when you start spending money in Google Ads, you don't want to be spending money in a zip code that you're not getting any work in. What's up, man? We got Zach Payton, Mr. Fence and Rail, Superior Fence and Rail himself. What's going on, man? What's up? Nothing much, dude. It's kind of a relaxed deal. I'm starting to record my phone calls now, and I thought this would be cool and just catch people in their natural environment. I see you got... Some kids' pictures back there, handprints behind you. Got yeah, some yeah. decorations yeah, on the wall. Are, uh, Father's Day, I don't know, 2022. Beat Navy, huh? Beat Navy, that's right. <laughs> As always, beat Navy. Yeah. So, man, um, you and I, we've been kind of texting back and forth, trying to catch up with each other. And, of course, you're my go-to guy to find out what your thoughts are on the econ- economic issues that we're dealing with, the pulse of the economy. Yeah. So I was like, hey, dude, let's get together. And plus, this is our 100th phone call, man. Can you believe that? Pretty dope. 100. That's great. <laughs> so, um, man, what are you seeing right now? I know I've got, uh, I got, I've got, I think I got issues, but really I don't have issues when I look at the numbers. It just feels like I do, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, we're seeing, um, we're seeing, you know, slowdowns is I, I we hit the peak across the country. I saw the peak like about May first, right? If you if you look at our sales from April fifteenth to May fifteenth, it blow your socks off, right. right? Wow! And then we ended May below that, right? So that that definitely seemed like it was the peak. Um, and when you look at it on like a in a graphic format, you can definitely see that the, like the peak occurred. Right. Kind of like if you're looking at Google Trends and you look up the word fence and you see the the up and down with with the, the popularity of that term. So we're we're feeling that more in some areas than others. Um, and some areas are not feeling it. Right. When we open up new locations, you know, sometimes they open up and they're if they open up in the spring, they'll have like a, you know, a mediocre February, like a good March. And then April's like, oh, look at we sell fence and then, right. hey, like, boom. And then that, sometimes it continues. Right. Um, so we have, we have a bunch of locations that are doing that. And then, you know, our more tenured locations, you know, maybe they're surging or not. There's, there's just so many different factors that go into it. So, and a lot of it has to do with the local economy, but we're definitely seeing a lot more price competition. Uh, labor's a lot more available. Um, all signs that the, the COVID party's over. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's completely, completely done. We've got suppliers calling on us, like asking us if we want to buy things. Yeah, man. I had, um, I had a, I had a sales guy in here. Actually, it's kind of funny. I had a salesperson from the same vendor, one show up, and then like three weeks later, another one show up, and it's like, man, I haven't seen you guys in two years. Yeah. You know, what are y'all doing here? So in this vendor, their territory overlaps. So he's like, oh, I didn't realize you bought from that branch. I'm like, yeah. So we talked a little bit. But he's out beating the pavement, man. That tells me 
the jobs aren't getting that the the material orders aren't coming in like they used to you know right and and people built out a lot of capacity because you know covid lasted so long they they built out a lot of capacity to to take it all on and now they've got excess supply and that's driving prices down well yeah and the other thing too is um i'm getting 18 wheel deliveries coming in and it's just me and somebody else and a quarter of the 18 wheel is empty half of the 18 wheel is empty sometimes i'm the only one on it so yeah it's kind of crazy i can i can i could call right now order a truck of concrete and have it here tomorrow morning no way no oh it'll be next week oh it'll be thursday no tomorrow 6 30 (laughs) a.m well you know know what's really interesting uh china is having gdp problems (laughs) Uh so they're trying to uh do whatever it takes to inflate their GDP, which, you know, a lot of the manufacturers overseas, um, actually in China specifically, I, I learned this, um, that they, they manufacture and sell below their cost because the government gives them, um, uh, you know, payments. Right. Okay. So think about like, you know, corn farmers in the USA operating at a loss, but then they get, you know, the, Subs- the, yeah, they get subsidized subsidies. That's the yeah. word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So they get subsidies. So a lot of manufacturers in China get subsidies from the government so they can sell beneath their costs and they're getting, you know, China might be increasing the subsidies to manufacturers because I've seen some ridiculously low prices. You know, really? Lately. I didn't realize that's how that worked. I just learned yeah. something today. You're welcome. I always put that, in your, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Well, last time we spoke, I taught you the difference between bio and bayou. That's right. This time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, man. So uh, I've been I've been seeing a lot of that too. I've been seeing, you know, there's some products. I'm not going to say what they are, but there, there are some products out there that we're looking into buying from a different source because we can get it a hell of a lot cheaper. And yeah, and yeah, there's always a temptation. I mean, there's, and there's risks that come along with it and the low price is great, but you know, the, it's, it's not coming tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah, be well, when, when the boat gets here and might get held up by customs and, and then a lot of people don't understand um, the ins and outs of paying duties and all that stuff. So, Direct import can be can be challenging. If you can find a broker to work with, somebody will handle handle all that stuff and then pass it along to you. That that's usually a, a good route to go, especially for an unsophisticated buyer. Yeah, and then how about that um, that shipping cost? You don't know what it's going to be till it gets here, right? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes I think some 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 uh, some exporters from China are, are a little bit better about estimating the costs and they kind of know but it, it's cheap these yeah. days now it is yeah now it is it's not twenty five thousand a container anymore. yeah 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 it's back down to normal probably i haven't priced one but i thought somebody said like around nine grand or so was a good price or even lower Keep going. really nice Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know i'm not that privy to that kind of stuff i don't buy from overseas like that i'm trying to find some products here locally that I could possibly get. And by the time I get, maybe pay the same price and save all the shipping, it's still going to be cheaper for me. Yep. You know, I can send a truck and a trailer an hour drive and pick it up and be done. 
Yep. You know, especially when you start dealing with eight foot lengths of stuff. Mm-hmm. That really that's a big deal, you know. So overall, um, you know, this happened the last time we were dealing with a correction in the uh in the economy. The commercial guys were rocking and rolling and the residential guys slowed down. You know? Are you seeing that also? Yeah, the the funny thing about uh, general contractors is, you know, their their buying habits are changing right now. Mm-hmm. This is my my theory is their buying habits are changing, right? So they got sick of being told that the price was up and they had to go back to their customers. So I think a lot of general contractors started buying out contracts early, saying, "Okay, I'm going to buy it and lock it in. Go ahead and buy the material. You can, you know, progress bill us for materials, but go ahead and buy the materials and lock it in." And then we end up storing. We still got stuff stored that we bought a year ago, hmm. you know, waiting for the project to be done. Well, now GCs are, you know, it didn't take them long to adjust when prices started falling. But once prices started falling, they said, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait until the end of the project to buy out stuff like I normally would. I'm going to wait until I need to buy stuff like I normally would, like I would have before COVID. And so it's just creating this gap between, you know, contracts that are being let you know i don't think it's going to actually affect the the volume of work that's actually being performed you know what i mean but I, but maybe you know maybe. yeah um i can tell you our commercial work this year is up nearly 10 percent. yeah if you try to go after it in a meaningful way you'll you'll get some yeah yeah, yeah i mean it's uh so that's definitely a, a big deal but everything else is I feel like it's down, but it's not really down, man. I was talking about this the other day. I just think we're getting it in the ground quicker, you know, when I'm and I, it's not that I don't think I just know when I look at my numbers and I look at my totals compared to last May, I mean, last June and the June before that, uh, I'm steadily climbing. I mean, I'm blowing last June out the water, you know, are the number of jobs increasing? Um, no, the jobs are actually uh, getting less because we upped our margin some. So I've seen that a lot. We, we, um, where our total revenues up, but the number of jobs is down, which is great. Right. I'll take it every day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we got to touch less jobs, I mean, Jesus, but I mean, I'm up just in June from 2022, I'm up almost 51%, you know, from June of last year. Normally that would be stressful, but if it's, you're doing less jobs for more money, then you're not stressed. You just have more money to count. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You get stressed out because you have too much money to count, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. It seems like that money goes out so goddamn quick. (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah, everything looks good. Oh, payroll taxes. Oh, I got to pay Halco. Oh, I got to pay. And then you're like. Yeah, you got to wait for the dust to settle before you get excited about your P&L. Then you got to pull your cash flow report, right? Yeah. Figure out where the money's actually flowing to. That's always fun to read. Yeah, and then we do the two P&Ls. We look at it both ways. We look at it, is it occurred? What are those two words? Accrual. Accrual. And then, yeah. On a cash basis. Yeah, we look at both, you know, because you got to look at, yeah, you got to, yeah. It's hard to get a solid number on what's actually yours. Right. It really is. Well, the statement of cash flows is basically, it's like looking at your business on a cash basis, Mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, look, we made all this money. Oh, great. Hey, look, we bought all this inventory. That sucked cash, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, but hey, wait, we, we put all that material on a credit card. Great. We're back to even again. Oh, wait, we bought a vehicle. 
Uh, you know what I mean? Like it goes up and down and yeah. flows in and out. And you take customer deposits in, that increases your cash, but it's a liability. So that's, you know what I mean? Like it just, yeah. And if you, you don't, feel, like sometimes you feel rich, especially in the, in the fence season, you feel rich because you're taking all these deposits, like new jobs. You're like, oh man, this is great. I love this business. And then like in the fall, in the wintertime, you're like, where's all my money? <laughs> that's why I look I at, that, that's why I look <laughs> at my, sucks. that's why I look at my, uh, my spreadsheets and my, uh, my charts and my pie charts and, you know, all that stuff and working those yes. numbers, man. Um, since, uh, this time last year, I've grown leaps and bounds to, uh, knowing my numbers. So mm-hmm. I might not know them off the top of my head, but I can pull up a spreadsheet and go, Oh, this is what we got going on. Yeah. No, it's good. You always got to know your numbers. It's cliche, and uh, but it's difficult to actually keep up with it. Um, but if you can get the systems in place so that you can have accurate numbers pretty quickly and manage your business using that, you know, yeah. a lot of people focus on the wrong numbers, you know. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of a pain in the ass, to be honest with you. You know, every time we sell a job, I um, mean, we literally uh, – I mean, I can tell you what we do, bro. When I, when I sell a job, we have a spreadsheet. And uh, we put in the date it was sold, who the salesperson was, did we sell it over the phone, or did we have to go out to the job, you know? Um, was it residential? Was it commercial? Was it wood? Was it staying? You know, so we got different columns, and we just start, and, and we use a, um, it's some kind of pie chart, pie, I don't know, some kind of damn thing that the, the Google Sheets guy does. I got a guy that does all my Google Sheets for me. It works really well to where it breaks it down, even by zip code. Mm-hmm. Because when you start spending money in Google Ads, you don't want to be spending money in a zip code that you're not getting any work in. Or a zip yeah, code. Yeah, you got to look at like heat maps, like where are your leads coming from, where are your appointments going, and then where where are you actually getting deals, right? And exactly. And sometimes you notice like, oh, I've got a lot of leads over here, but no appointments and no no deals. Exactly. So you're trying to put all that information together when you're spending money on Google Ads because that money can go quick, man. And they don't call you up and go, hey, Zach, we're going to take 1500 out of your account today. You just no, open your account Google, and go, oh. If you give Google a budget, they'll figure out a way to spend it. Exactly. No matter how many leads you get, no matter how many calls you get, whether they're garbage, whether they're not, they'll spend your money. So yeah. You got you to gotta have a good, good team working on that, a good approach. Yeah, you know? so we, we look at I that, man. Google. So if we're doing, we you know. I hate uh, Google. We talked about that. I hate Google. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we look at it. Hey, you know, are we selling? We, we're running ads in zip code one two three four five six seven, right? Right. Or what at one two three four five? And we're not getting any. We're not getting any leads. We're not selling anything out there. So why are we advertising there? Rip that money out of there. Let's pump it into another zip code. Right. Because, you know, I don't. I'm, I'm sure it's like this where you are, but, you know, we have like a Covington zip code. It's like South Covington and then North Covington. Well, North Covington starts getting more rural. We don't do a whole hell of a lot out there, and if we do, it's a lot of roll wire and stuff that you really can't make money on. Right. You know, so let's dump some money in there. Let's see what happens, you know, and then over a six month period, nothing happens, but then you move your money out of there, move it somewhere else. Right. So, and let the organic, uh, search on, uh, on Google catch those customers. Yeah. 
Yeah, the better the the better organic results. You can you can taper off your your paper click and it'll and you won't notice it. Yeah. By the way, um, I hate you for your organic. You're like number one organic everywhere. <laughs> I know. It's we, pretty awesome, man. I'll pull it up been, and it's like superior fence around. I'm like Jesus Christ. We've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. And we've got uh we got a lot of resources to throw at that now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one thing when you're just doing it. Like when I was just doing it in Jacksonville for myself, it was one thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now, you know, with a, you know, what, 110 locations, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, we can. Yeah. Y'all got, got money to throw at it. Some, yeah. But yeah, it's you, not really necessarily about the money. It's just finding the right people to throw at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, no. You because right. there's, there's all kinds of, you know, folks out there telling you that they can do whatever, you know, I'll get you on the first page of Google, you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. Your ad gets showing up on the first page of Google. It's like <laughs> at a really high bid rate. It's like, yeah, well, thanks, dude. Yeah. You did yeah. what you said, but shame on me for, for paying you to do that. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I know some of the ways that you're ha- making that happen and it's pretty ingenious. So we're, uh, we're coming after you, uh, Zach Payton. <laughs> we're, we're trying to compete with, honestly, we're trying to compete with the the folks who generate leads as their business, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not necessarily competing with leads from other fence companies. I am, right? Obviously. Yeah. But really on, on a national level, we're trying to be in that echelon of like Angie and um, whoever else, like yeah. Thumbtack, the companies that their business is to generate leads and then resell those to contractors, right? Mm-hmm. So they're, 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 you know, among the best people at generating leads for contractors. So that's the kind of like group that we want to be in. And not that their leads are great or anything like that. They generate a bunch of garbage leads, but they get some good ones too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. I'm, I've never used them. Top organically. They're doing like all the things that they're doing. We try to, you know, mimic, mimic or, or do better in some cases. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, join the crew. I, that, that's so that's what, that's what we study. You know, we study what Angie's doing to generate leads. Yeah, and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be on top of that, man. You know, I have meetings with Benji, and when we're talking, you know, we're 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 digging into stuff like that, man. We, you know, mm-hmm. we've got a we got a Google thread that we do, and we got some other threads that we keep up with, and we literally um, watch everything, you know, and dissect that, and okay, well. Why is this guy above us? Well, let's go see what he's doing. Let's let's look at the back end of his website. Let's see what's going on here and there. Why is he doing this? Let's and yeah. So that's part of the reason why my website looks the way it is and has some of the things it has on it because we've watched other people that have been successful. Just like whole reason why I build fences because I learned it from somebody else. Right. You know. So um, to recreate the wheel. Yeah, really, really. So how how are you looking overall sales-wise this month? Because historically, May is always slow. And you know what's funny about that? Historically, May is the cheapest time to buy lumber. Really? Over five years. Yeah, five years. Um, so it's kind of funny. I mean, it, it, actually, it's not funny. If you think about it, if work slows down in May, because it it did for me, but I still beat last May. You said your peak was in May. My peak was in the, the beginning of March. No, yeah, our our peak was like nationally. 
uh-huh. was in May. Okay. Okay. May 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, May's always been a slow month. Everybody's getting out of school, you know, people going on vacations, they're dealing with graduations and, you know, it, historically for me, it, it's a, it's a month where we don't usually hit our normal goal that we have set for every month. Now, J- June, June is our out of school, everybody go on vacation month. So June, we, we, we usually have a great May and then June slows down because folks are just got their attention elsewhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then we pick back up a little bit, July, August, back to school, takes a nosedive. Mm-hmm. And then we pick back up again, maybe October, maybe November. And then it's, you know, then we're in the, you know what I mean? So right. it's sort of like a peak up in May and then it comes back down and then comes back up a little bit, back down. Like we kind of trend our way down mm-hmm. to the, you know, so, Christmas and New Year's where everybody's doing anything but buying a fence, right? Paying so, off the credit card bills in January. Ours hits us to where all the graduations and everything happen in mid-May and all that's over with. Then everybody's going on vacation. So mm-hmm. I can get on Facebook and Snapchat and everybody's at the beach and they're doing this and doing that, visiting grandma or whatever. And that's why it's kind of like a second week of May to the second week of June. That month right there really is a uh, is a rough one. You know, I've been mm-hmm. talking to some other fence guys in my area and telling me, man, my phone slowed down a lot. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've noticed it also. You know, some days I'm kind of like, Jesus Christ, man, what, phone ring. <laughs> you know, ring those, phone ring. Yeah, you, you know the, you know those deals. And then, then what happens? Three o'clock hits, and you know the phone's ringing. You don't have enough people to answer. Yeah, it, we've we had uh, we've had quite a few offices that slowed down like into into May, and it's funny because uh, a few of them were in Texas. You know. A few uh-huh. of them were in Texas, and they had like a really slow like I and and I want to say like Houston. One of our offices in Houston had a really slow second half of May. Um, they've come back on strong again in June. So I don't know with, with like newer offices for us, like the the fluctuations can be pretty dramatic. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I I did notice that in May of last year. I think our our Dallas offices were slow too. Well, um, I haven't looked at the numbers, but. I don't know what lumber's about to do, and it's usually whatever it does historically, the economy follows it. So if lumber starts going up, usually the demand goes up. And well, I, I think consumer confidence numbers are probably reading better here lately. You know, it's it's been a it's been a long year since, you know, with a lot of anxiety since this time last year. This time last year is when the the consumer confidence numbers hit like a fifty year low. Yeah. Oh, I right? know. We feel that. Yeah, I felt we it. We feel that. Yeah. So what else, man? What else you think about? Um, you were talking uh, before we got on camera about the commercial leads. You were saying. Um, yeah, I, I think I think you know. I don't know. My crystal ball is always broken, man. Like it's done. It's 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 broke to hell. So I think that that. You know, there's blood in the water, right? There's blood in the water for suppliers. There's blood. In the, and then that, and then that, you know, whatever temporary price breaks you get because the suppliers start slitting their, each other's throats, right? Mm-hmm. That all of a sudden, like, contractors start dropping their prices, right? And so there will be blood in the water with contractors. It's going to be a probably a long, cold winter for a lot of people because they came into business when, they're, when, when you know, fence leads were falling from the sky, right? 
Yeah. You know, you could walk down the truck with a fence t-shirt on and people would be, you know, throwing dollar bills at you to get you to come over and give them a quote. Yeah. You could spray, you could, you saw that one guy spray painted. We do fences on the side of his white van, white panel van and put his phone number, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. Those guys were doing fences left and right because it was, people were desperate. They were. They were like, we do fences and people would call me like, great, I need a fence. I can't get anybody to call me back. And then Mm -hmm. they got what they got. So, you know, I think, I think the, you know, the party's over for, for a lot of folks, for people who have, you know, been through ups and downs before, it's no big deal. Um, for people who can adjust their, their strategy who are nimble, it's, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Like, like the, all the stuff that you've done, right? Like you've, you've cut all the fat out of your business. So you're prepared, you know, to go lean and that's great. You know? Yeah. Um, well, what was good about doing that last June is now when I look at my PNL, it's almost like I got a baseline. I'm like, Ooh, you're getting a little bit of fat in this PNL. What, mm-hmm. what, what happened this month? Let's look at it. Okay. We ended up, you know, buying a no, another beaver. We ended up doing this. We ended up, okay. All right. I, all right. I see where it went. So if I pull that out and pull this out, if we wouldn't have done this or do that, where would I be? And it's given yeah, me a base. What are the one-time expenses? Right. So it's really given me a, a nice baseline for me to look at and know, hey, this is the bare minimum of what we can run on. And actually, we can go lower than that. Right. You know, because there's a few things in there. We could we could knock a few thousand, few few more thousand dollars off of that. Yeah, you can you can you work know. harder. Yeah, you know. I don't. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a real lean guy. I mean, I grew up in this business in the in the recession in 2009 mm-hmm. to 2013. So, I think anybody who went through that and survived um, knows what it's like to live lean, but. I got to a certain point where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give up a couple of points here, maybe one over here, and I'm going to do, I'm not going to work as much. And part of that is a conversation that I have with somebody today. Um, You know, I don't want the business to be beholden to anybody that works there, including myself. Right. And this is, this is, this is uh, what I think um, Sean King calls a golden nugget. I think, I don't know. You tell me like a full of crap. (laughs) <laughs> but I think it's the one thing that a lot of business owners get trapped into because they've got, you know, there, there's a thrill of like having everything like rotate around you and you'd be the center of everything. It, it'll make you miserable. Right. Yeah. But part of it kind of strokes your ego. Right. Like people come and ask you questions all the time. People are constantly, you're constantly solving problems for everybody and you got your hands at everything and it makes you feel good, like makes you feel valuable. Um, but the business is beholden to you. Right. Like the business can't operate without you. If you can't, if you can't leave your business, right. Uh, and without it and, and have it continue to operate a certain way, then the business is beholden to you. It's it. And, and what people, where people feel that more often is when the business is beholden to an employee, right? Like, oh man, I've got this great installer, but God, he's an ass and nobody <laughs> wants to work with him, but he's a great installer, you know, or, yeah. or I've got this person in the office. I don't want to let her go because you know, she does all these things and she knows all this stuff, but man, she sucks and customers hate her. You know what I mean? Like the business is beholden to that person. Right. So the rule number one is like, never let your business be beholden to any one person, including yourself. And the first person you start with is yourself. You know, like I want this business to operate without me. So, I, I, so, you know, so, so part of the, the extras and all like the point here, a couple points there is cause, Hey, I don't want to have an active day-to-day role in the business. You know, 
I don't want to dig holes. I don't want to sell jobs. I don't want to answer phones. I don't, I don't even want to do the back, you know, background data entry for the analytics. You know I, mean? <laughs> I just want to show up and run the show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to get there, man. I'm You'll gotta, get there. Yeah, I am. I've got a couple of guys that are with me that I'm grooming and I know we're going to get there sooner than later. It'd be nice. I wish I would have started this process a long time ago. 10 years but, ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, Pepper and I, Pepper was on my ass about it. She's like, you know, you really got something here. You should do something with it. And I was happy with where I was at. So in 2019, I was like, all right, let's, uh, let's do something. You know, it was 2020 before I got all my kind of my ducks in a row. So really I've only been working on it, you know, since 2020, even though, even though I've been in business since 99. Yeah. I've, you know. I've got the luxury um, or I, I had the luxury of having like a significant life event that forced me into it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My, my first kid um, was born and he was diagnosed with a, with a heart defect, you know, in utero. Right? Uh-huh. And so the doctors were pretty sure we were going to have to have open heart surgery for him wow. when he was born. And so this was this crazy thing that happened and, and, and the business had gotten so big at that point that I was like, you know what? I can't, you know, I've got to hire somebody. And, and then, and then this happened with my son and I was like, okay, I'm going to hire somebody. And I found this awesome guy still with me today. He's about to hit his 10 year anniversary. Um, you know, and he came in and helped and started helping me run the business in different areas. And that gave me the chance to step back, take a breath, take a breath. Right but I only had six months to delegate everything that I did to everybody. Hmm. Right. So I had six months to document and delegate. And we had been pretty good about documentation up to that point, but anything that I was involved in on a day-to-day basis, I had to document and delegate. Right. And then fast forward six months, my son's born. They had this miraculous thing that happens after he was born where the heart condition resolved itself without surgery. Mm -hmm. You know, we spent a week in the NICU and the doctor comes in after a week and, you know, I'm like bawling my eyes out because he's like, hey, you don't have to have surgery. It's just going to resolve itself. And we're just hmm. like, wow. So I took another week off from work, you know, got him home. I got everybody settled in. And I checked back in at the office and everything was going great. And I was like, all right, good. Well, I'm never going back. <laughs> you know I mean? I'm never going back. <laughs> I'm going to utilize um, this. And I, and I did. I would slip in and out of it over the years. But that was really sort of the basis for what I'm doing now. You know, the basis for our franchising was just taking myself completely out of the business um, and letting it run without me and making sure that I'm paying attention to all the right things. And I had, I had a fractional CFO come work with me for a number of years until he died. That was super helpful. Kind of like what the guy that you've got, your consultant. Mm-hmm. And this guy was from outside of the industry. He wasn't a fence guy. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think I made a wise choice with that. Um, yeah. you know, I was tossing it around and, um, you know, props to pepper again, she was like, why are you going to hire somebody that's already in the circles of everything that you're already doing? You know, you, um, these, right. there's other successful businesses out there that aren't fence companies and those guys are in it. So, you know, when I interviewed this guy, I knew that he was in pools and then he was in spas and he's in golf carts. And you know what I mean? Right. Businesses that we don't even think about. And man, when the stuff he brings to the table Zach, I'm just kind of like, wow, because he can say, well, you know, my uh, the guy that I'm I'm consulting with that has the golf cart chain over on the East Coast, he's seen this. But then the spa company's got 76 spas and 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 companies and and 
we're seeing this and this. And we're not seeing that here, so we need to brace for it in case it comes. Right. I'm like, now that's like a crystal ball, right? (laughs) You know, so, um, you know, if you got a guy that's just dealing with fence companies and nothing against those guys that are doing it, this is just the way that I think. You got a guy that's just dealing with fence companies. Guys who are just dealing with fence companies can help them get to a certain point, you know, that somebody from outside the industry maybe can't, right? You know, like especially for, for and, and even guys who are at a certain point, they, they can still help them get there. But I, I, I get what you're saying. They, they they don't necessarily have the perspective of somebody outside the industry, but they, they can see around some corners within the industry, too. So I think yeah. it's probably good to have a little bit of both. You know, exactly. When I, going through all of this, I always had guys from within the industry who ran much larger businesses who had been in business for a lot longer than I had. And I would network with them occasionally. And I grew to be very good friends with some of them. So I just pick up the phone and call and be like, Hey, what, what, what the hell am I doing here? Like, what is this? You know, what, what do I do with this? You know, what are you doing? What are you doing here? You know, that, you know, what, what can I do differently? You know? Yeah. So it's, it's very valuable to have folks like that. Well, the good thing too, about the guys that are doing the, um, the fence, uh, consulting, they're bringing the training on how to build fence and how to build it right. And right. so that's the inside track there. You know, so I think, I think right now at this point, you know, I'm I'm very very happy with a uh, good old Ron the consultant. You know, so I would. Be. Do you have a consultant now at all? Do you have none? I'm a consultant. Yeah, I just, uh, well, For all of our franchises. That's what I do full time. Yeah, I didn't know I, if I, I didn't. I didn't know if you still had somebody or a group of guys that you hang out with that are. You know, Clay. I haven't for a long time. I did this this great thing uh, for a number of years called Vistage, uh, like CEO peer networking. Mm-hmm. A, group, Luke, a, a group of local guys um, and, and a couple of women um, who own different businesses in the local area. And we'd get together once a month. And then we had a business coach that went along with that who would facilitate our conversations. And uh, everybody would present on their business once a month or once a month, somebody would do a deep dive on their business and like the trailing 12 month results. And mm. then they'd talk about an issue that they were having and everybody would have to ask a question before they could offer any advice. There's like an executive level working group discussion. It was, that was really, really super valuable because and I, I've taken some of those relationships forward with me since I left the group. Um, I had a fractional CFO for a while. That was super helpful. He helped me structure my books. Like the basic thing that he did was he said, hey, we're going to structure your books so that the, the most expensive things, the, the, the highest value stuff on the income is going to start at the top and then you go down. And then on the expenses the and the cost of goods, the, the things that are costing you the most are going to be at the top. And then we'll go down to the things that are costing you the least. Right. Mm-hmm. And the rule is, is if we if we fix all the high value, high cost stuff, you know, the, someday we'll get down to the stuff at the bottom. But, but start at the top and work your way down when you're working on stuff, right? Like like somebody called me, they're like, hey, I think my dumpster service is too much money. You know, I'm like, well, what are you paying? They're like 300 bucks a month. I'm like, all right, well, zero that off your P&L and tell me if it makes any difference at all for you. And they're like, no, it doesn't. I'm like, all right, well, worry, worry about something else. Come back to that later, you know? Yeah, that's good advice, man. You know, because people get fixated on stuff that doesn't cost, like their cell phone bill, Yeah, you know? 
like, oh, well, my cell phone bill is too high. It's like, oh, really? You know, all right. Okay. <laughs> what, what about your product that you're buying? Are you buying product most efficiently? <laughs> Going to Lowe's to pick everything up? And you're worried about your cell phone bill? Like, right. Well, I guess you need to be worried about your cell phone bill if you're buying, you know, job lots. Think about that. Well, buying by the I job, so. you got to cut the price somewhere to make up the difference. So I, I, I get yeah. that. There's only so there's only so uh, so cheap you can buy a job lot, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I guess it's the only thing you do have control over. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, I was talking with uh, with Matt Warner, and Matt was telling me how he's got a group of guys that you know he goes golfing with, and and they hang out together, and they're they're guys throughout the entire country that or in the Fenton industry and he learns a lot from those guys. He learns a lot about a lot of different things, commercial work, residential work and um I've met some of those guys and I can see why he hangs out with them. You know, they're they're giants in the industry and they're it, you know, it's kind of funny, man. It's it's like you know, here I look at Matt for advice or here I look at Zach for advice. But then those guys are getting advice from guys that are above them, you know, that I might not have contact with. But I have contact with Zach, you know, and I can get that through him until I get to that point, you know. Right. And it's really it's it's, it's profound how everybody's got somebody helping them somewhere along the way. Yeah, I did a lot of that stuff before. I'm at a point right now where I'm, I'm making time for other stuff. My mm-hmm. kids are really young. So yeah. if I'm not actively working, I'm I'm trying to make a little bit of time to have some fun and then like, you know, be with my kids. Yeah. You know I mean, so at this point, like this exact moment in time, I don't have much time for it. But it's something that I'm very interested in getting back to probably over the next couple of years. And I, I spend a tremendous amount of time consulting with and supporting our franchisees. Right. Like I spent all day today, you know, working on, you know, an alternate supply option for one guy uh, and then just general consultation with three others, you know, so. So those guys keep you busy, the hundred and something business owners out there? Oh, yeah. My schedule next week is full when I'm in the office. So they're uh, texting, calling, emailing? Well, I've got consultants underneath you know, we've, we've got a whole support team, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of that stuff, you know, goes to other folks, you know, but occasionally somebody will reach out to me directly. Uh, my stuff is more scheduled. I got you. I got you. Well, man, I appreciate you getting with us and uh, giving us a little outlook on the economy and a little insight on how superior fence and rail works and how your mind works. It's always exciting to hear, man. I uh, I, <laughs> I love talking to you, and there's always something new that I learn. You know. Yeah, man. No, so. I the same. You know, honestly, same. Because, <laughs> because like all the stuff that you're doing, um, I either have done it or I haven't done it. And if I haven't done it, I'm like, why the hell did I not? Why have I not done that? You know, why am I not doing that? I do the same thing, man. I'll, <laughs> I'll see people like, damn, why didn't I think of that? You right. know, yeah. but what is Good wrong stuff. with me? So I know we have fun with our text messages. We go back and forth texting each other. It might take you a day or so to respond, but uh, I have what time of night you text me. I have a good time texting you, man. Yeah, you texted me at like 3.30 something in the morning the other morning. You're like, oh, sorry, my meeting ran late. I'm like, until 3.30 in the morning? 
No, dude, my, I go to bed early. If I, if I go to bed at like, probably like nine or 10 o'clock, latest 10 o'clock, you know? Yeah. And then I wake up like 4.30. Yeah, that's 3.30 my time. Yeah. That, that explains why I got a text from you. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, so, I was starting my day, man. Yeah, bro. Well, look, man, you have a good one. It was great talking with you and uh, keep on fixing, bro. You've been listening to My Fence Life. Yes, we like to have fun. Beer, bourbon, and business. And although we have fun, we take our business very seriously. Dan Blanc is known as the Fence King, and he's been providing high-quality fence solutions since 1999. He's connected to industry leaders, business leaders, financing experts, and marketing gurus that will be on the show to talk about their success stories. To find out more about us, hit the website at myfencelife.com. Listen to the show wherever you consume your content. We are everywhere. Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcast. See you next time on My Fence Life. <laughs>